What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 442 of the Smartcast Moment Smack Talk Podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about here. Who are we? You should know by now. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, is Robert DeFelice. You know, strap yourselves in. This one's going to be a little heavy. Quite a bit of hot tags here, and some of them uh, on the heavy discussion side, some of them on the heavy topic side. Uh, we're all over the place here tonight, and not only do we want to know, uh, you know, each other's thoughts about what our uh, topics are, but we want to know what your thoughts are. So, by all means, keep the discussion going in the comment section below on YouTube or on the pages on SmartCatMoment.com or set a tweet or anything like that. Obviously, if you're on the platforms that do not have a comment section, you cannot leave a comment. And if you can figure out a way to leave a comment with that, you are some sort of a wizard or something. And at that point, you're wasting your opportunities on something like that. You should do something else. But, uh, you know, if you're on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or Anchor or whatever it might be, hop on over to YouTube. And while you're over there, hit the like button on the video to help us out quite a bit with the search algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already and hit that little notification bell as well to be aware of when we go live or when we post videos or anything along those sorts. And just tell us your thoughts on these hot tags. You know, we'll tag you in and uh, you can talk. But we do have a lot of things to get into and we might as well just get things started with uh, one of the arguably the biggest story of the whole thing. And this is the uh, most obviously depressing of the bunch and everything like that. It's uh Shad Gaspard. Um, he, the other day was out swimming with his 10 year old son and a riptide came in and made the situation incredibly dangerous. And they were in the process of being saved. And Shad told them to go save his son first. And unfortunately they were not able to save Shad as well. So he, uh, it was a bunch of hours went by and they were searching for, uh, for Shad. They eventually found his body and, you know, obviously that's horrible in all sense of, uh, the words. Um, Shad has gotten some little bit of love here and there from obviously friends and family and stuff. And WWE put up a little thing about that. He was never the biggest WWE superstar. He never won any championships, which arguably, I don't know why Crime Time never won the tag titles. That seems so weird to me. But, you know, no matter what, even if he was a 20-time world champion or a jobber, this is awful. And um, it's kind of like a somewhat uplifting thing as well, oddly enough to say, because the fact that he told them to save his son... Like, that's, like, the most selfless thing that you could possibly do. So, props to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Props to him for that. But awful situation. Horrible circumstances. Obviously, rest in peace to Shad. Condolences out to the friends and family and fans and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, sucks to have these on the hot tags. It happens way too often. Never like this, though. This one was... Went from what the hell is going on to man, this is upsetting to an oddly comforting source of like positivity. And the, the stories that have come out about Chad, not a single negative thing 
has been said about this man. I mean, you have seen people, even The Undertaker took time to comment and talk about how, you know, we talk about heroes, but this is a real hero. We would all want to be like that for our kids. Um, my heart goes out to his wife, but I just keep thinking I could never imagine the pain and the emotions that his 10-year-old son is being forced to process now and the amount of weight that will be put on his life. Like, you know what I mean? Our minds do terrible things to us, and I only hope that he doesn't have to wrestle with the end of his father's life, that he sees it as a positive thing and he's able to find solace and comfort in that. That's why I was, I was relieved when two days had gone by and they finally found the body because it's like, okay, closure for the family. Yeah. You know, a much worse situation would be if they wouldn't have been able to find the body. Because then, then you're always like holding on to this bit of hope. So closure for the family is a, a good thing, and the world has just opened their arms for them. My heart is just with the son, and I really, I hope that he lives a joyous and peaceful life. Yeah, this is one of those things where. Obviously, you know, if you could go back and not have uh, any of this happen, you're you're going to go for it. But um, like you said, there's like a, there's an oddly kind of positive thing that goes along with it, which is it, it. I mean, you know, I'm bouncing around here. Obviously, nothing positive is out of it. But like it does make you kind of go like, wow, what it's a ni- great guy. It's nice to know that positive people and strong influences still exist especially in today's climate yeah and i think by all accounts chad was just a wonderful person so i guess we should transition to this um hold on uh before we turn i think you want to go dark said yeah okay so before we go there the wrestling world also lost Larry Zonka of 411 Mania. Uh, I wasn't aware of this, but Larry's been doing what we do, or he had been doing it for several decades. And by all accounts, again, just another, you know, sweetheart of a man. And many people were greatly affected. So I just wanted to say condolences to Larry's friends and family. And, you know, another great person gone too soon i never knew larry in any fashion or anything like that but i've seen a couple people here and there talk about how much that affected them too so yeah condolences again all around um fitting this kind of tone uh they released the latest dark side of the ring which was the final days of owen hart and Man, these things are real tough to get through. <laughs> you know, this one was weird. 
Because it's nothing that I've never heard before. Even, like, I know a lot of people, this is their first exposure to the uh, JR telling the story of, I don't know what the update is, and they go, uh, he's dead. And you're back in 10. Right. Now, I- I've heard that. But Martha has always been somewhat polarizing as a wrestling fan because all we hear is the stories from Brett and others saying, well, Martha just doesn't like wrestling. And by all accounts, that may be true. But when you look at the shit that she had to bear through with her two young children and that they they show some things in this documentary specifically the clip that Owen was being held by and this is the smallest fucking clip it's you wouldn't the size believe... of like the shit that people have hanging off their backpacks it's almost, it almost looks like something that could close a bag of chips. Right. I mean, really, it's not a fucking clip that should be suspending a human almost 100 feet above the ring. Right. And then, similar to the Shad story, Jim Cornette tells the story of, and his last words were, look out. Right. You're falling to your death. You're not screaming help, you're not screaming anything, but you see your friend, Jimmy Corderas, in the ring, and you just say, look out. And that, to me, broke me. Like, that got me. And then there's his kids. And Oge, his son, is so adamant that he never goes into the Hall of Fame and is so proud of the work done in the Owen Hart Foundation that I immediately said, okay, I'm at peace. Like, he doesn't need to go in the Hall of Fame because obviously his wife and children think that is the wrong move. And you know what? If they feel that this is honoring him better, this foundation, then God bless him. Athena didn't say much. She just said, you know, I have one memory of him and that's, going to the zoo and if i if i think if he'd not been a wrestler i would have still had a father that's all she really said but oge really stood up and basically said i i will not give wwe the satisfaction of putting his name on a piece of silver just to say they got that and i respect that and i think everybody else should as well and then one more thing, and I'll let you talk. How the fuck did you continue the show? And I've known this for years. I've, I watched the show when I was six. I've known this, but, like, they zoomed in on the spot of blood. And, like, how did you do that? I. It shows you how more much more sensitive in a good way the world has gotten because that would have never happened today none of that would have ever even remotely happened today no if there would have been any kind of an accident that would have been the end of the show and there would have been no question about it would have been no question about it um if owen said no to the stunt it would have been no uh 
They wouldn't have done the show with the fucking blood spot in the ring. That is traumatizing. And again, my heart goes out to the whole family, even though they've long since made peace. But my God, what a what a shitty few days to have to cover. Admittedly, I wasn't as big a fan of this episode as I thought as I thought that I would be. And maybe it is because I've seen so much about it as it is, and it's just not attacking uh, material that I don't know as much. But I wasn't a huge fan of the episode. I mean, it's a heavy subject, so it's not like it's something where it's like, oh, this is a fucking entertaining riot, you know, whatever. But, like, it did give me a little bit more of a reversal of my opinion about Owen in the Hall of Fame. Because I I've been being uh pretty steadfast in the idea that there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but now I get it more. So now it's like, all right, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. You know, it's weird because I watched the episode. I think it should have been a two-parter, just because I feel like some of it was rushed. Yeah. And even like the first half of the Benoit part had a little bit of you know, this kind of rising climax where, okay, in the beginning we're all happy before we take the plunge, but, like, this thing was just... And it, and Owen was exhausted from being on the road, and, you know, they showed the home footage of him saying, you know, it's another... I'm leaving again, and it's hard, but one day I'll be able to enjoy it with my wife and family, and, like... It was an episode that really hurt, even if I've seen it all. And then there's the wrestling portion of it where Jericho goes, we were like six months to a year from Benoit, Guerrero, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, you know, him all being in the WWE. He would have had a resurgence in his career. And you don't think about that a lot. But when you realize how close all of that really was, you realize on the wrestling front, we missed some beautiful dream matches. Yeah, I've always thought that Owen was one of these really underrated types of talents. And if that would have been the case, like him against uh, Eddie, man, that would have been good. Oh, and Owen versus Ray. Yeah. You know, like, we could have seen some great matches. And I, I remain steadfast that if Owen doesn't die, Brett makes up a lot sooner. And maybe we would have even seen more of Brett when he could still go. Who knows what would have happened, but I recommend um, checking out the Dark Side of the Ring episode. I do think that even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the episode compared to what I thought that I would feel about it, it's kind of important to get a different perspective and it did sort of change my mind about some things. And it's kind of weird how, um, you can tell how much Oge looks like Owen Mm -hmm. in some ways. Like it's kind of one of those like creepy sort of things, but also kind of comforting, uh, a human rights lawyer. Shout out to him. huh? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Unfortunately, we have more negative stuff to talk about. We do? <laughs> it's not all, like, everything's negative, but, like, really, if you look at a lot of these things, it's a, there's not many positive stories this week. Um, 
For instance, this is an old story. Drew Gulak was released by WWE. Like what? Like I think the day after we did the yeah. hot tech. Yeah, it was that last uh, last week after SmackDown they released him. Now, since then, it's been a week, and the stories that have come out about that are, it seems, uh, maybe you have some information that's a little bit different. This is what I've heard from some different sources here and there. Obviously not like, oh, I got a source inside of it. You know, it's just different websites and stuff. But um, it seems like his contract was expiring, and he asked for a raise, and they said they would rather just not renew the contract, and that they might still be in negotiation to figure out some kind of a deal, but right now he's currently not signed to WWE and he may come back, but he's also free to work wherever he would want to, which at this time, you know, you can't really do that because there's no shows going on, but not necessarily that it was like, okay, you're fired or, Hey, I quit, but that his contract expired. It was his contract was coming due and they couldn't reach an agreement and it just snowballed from there. But I do think they are potentially working out a deal. My heart was crushed when I had to report that last week. Cause he had just had that banger of a match with Brian. And I was just like, how, why, what the hell? Like, did, I would have never let him go. You know what I mean? Like you just stole the show in front of nobody. I want you on my team before the world opens up and you're out there killing it for somebody else. Yeah, because Drew Gulak's a guy that from the start I didn't like it, uh, originally, and eventually he grew on me and to the point where I was like, all right, this guy has to be one of their trainers. Like He needs to be a lifer and hopefully can win maybe the Intercontinental title, maybe the tag team title, whatever. I don't think that uh, he has it really like in him with the, the characters that he's had and just, you know, all of the circumstances that come along with it. I don't think he's ever going to be a world champion in WWE, but he's great. And at the very least, he seemed like he was somebody who would be a great option for the performance center. So when they released him, it was just like, God damn it. How many more people are going to release that are like that they have something that you're just not doing anything with. So I really hope that he stays in some fashion. Although I know that if he goes somewhere else, especially if it's AEW, for instance, he'll just kill it, you know. They do the Bloodsport shows. I want him to do one of those. I want him to eventually go back to WWE. But if WWE is just going to lock him up to lock him up, then go somewhere else, you know. I won't be watching him if he's elsewhere other than AEW, so I one of, that's one of the reasons why I hope that he stays in WWE, but, like, I gotta assume at some point he's probably built up enough good intentions and good uh, morale and everything that WWE probably doesn't want to lose him. They're probably just trying to cut costs as much as they possibly can, and... I don't know, maybe in the next, uh, well, maybe tomorrow, the way that the hot tags go, maybe tomorrow we'll get some kind of like, hey, he's resigned, like that kind of thing. I hope yeah, that's or, the may- case. or maybe he's the ninth man in the ladder match. Who the fuck knows? We don't know in the world of wrestling right yeah. now. Could be. And as I said, unfortunately, we do have more bad news on the uh, <laughs> hot tags. Um, well, wait, which, which bad news story should we go with? Should we go with Batwoman? Should we go with... Uh, Undertaker, should we go with uh 
XFL. <laughs> uh, let's go XFL. All right. Well, there's certain varying degrees of bad news when it comes to these things. Uh, one of this, this is one of those ones where it's sort of just like it's more on the depressing side of things and it's not necessarily a happy thing, but it is kind of like a, huh, more so than like this is horrible news. But the XFL may not be dead yet. Uh, he, Vince McMahon, uh, may be able to buy the company back from bankruptcy and avoid spending a whole bunch of money by paying people the money that he owes, which seems like horribly illegal, but probably is totally <laughs> legal because the people that have the money to be able to say whether these things are legal or not pay off the people that, you know, like it benefits and stuff. So this seems like such dirty tactics, but if it's legal, it's technically something that I guess you can't do anything about, but. That's you know, so like, I mean, the XFL got dealt a bad hand, but it's weird, you know? Well, I definitely think the XFL this time got dealt a bad hand. I know a lot of people were like, ah, they were going under anyway, but they weren't able to at least finish the season. The world got dealt a bad hand, Okay. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Can Vince buy it back? Sure, because Vince isn't going to let anything die. You, you ever see Vince McMahon let an idea die? I'm surprised we haven't seen the World Bodybuilding Federation. We you know, I'm surprised. At Ico Pro. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen Ico Pro power bars. Okay, like I, I genuinely expect the Performance Center to be sitting on a mountain of Ico Pro. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but. It, it Vince is a fighter, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world if they can manage to pull it back from the dead. You know? No, but it's uh, the thing that's depressing about this to me is it's just so indicative of rich people rule the world. Yeah, I, th- th- that's... Dark cast, because that's a different <laughs> fucking topic entirely. I've been feeling that way ever since we've entered quarantine and watching people's reactions to it. Rich people rule the world. Well, dark cast, if you don't know, are the Patreon exclusive episodes <laughs> we do. And if you donate to the $10 or higher tiers, then you get access to those. They are only because Patreon. money rules the world. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> And, uh, you know, in the dark casts, we talk about some other topics that aren't necessarily wrestling related. And sometimes we just go off the rails and just do whatever. Sometimes we're extremely tired when we do it. Sometimes we're just sort of feeling goofy. So if you want to get access to that $10 and higher, uh, even if you've got a dollar that you pass on over our way, it's greatly appreciated. And um, the same thing applies to the Patreon for fanboysanonymous.com, which, if you don't know, is my geek culture website with movie reviews and some other kind of topics along that spectrum. So both of those have a thing called the Pick Your Poison tier. And if you are unaware what that is, it's where you donate to that tier and you're able to pick something that you want us to do, whether it's like an article on the website, some kind of a segment that we've done before, like a movie review, for instance, or something like that, or... If it's something like a podcast, you know, maybe you want us to do a commentary track on something or superstar scores or whatever the case may be. You basically get to call the shots. And uh, actually, that should have been another potential name for this. Call the, call your shot or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'll rename that at some point. I like Pick Your Poison, though. Um, but 
yeah, Patreon is the best way to help support us and keep the lights on here. And another way is the merchandise shops, Tee Public and Redbubble for Smart Guy Moment, A Mango Tees, and Fanboys Anonymous. Every design that they currently have not taken down for some kind of copyright thing, which is dozens and dozens on all platforms at this point. Um, every design is open for every possible type of product. So if you want like a mask, for instance, that uh, is a parody of some kind of a Marvel type of thing, there's options for that. There's things like the However Bell. There's stuff like the Smart Cat Moment logo for a t-shirt or something, whatever it is. Browse them if you're interested. Check them out. Pick up something if you're interested in that. And thumbs up when that can, uh, comes around. Um, but yeah, this uh, this XFL thing, uh, third time may be the charm. Um, if we're talking about the idea of WWE just doing all sorts of legal things and switching things around, let's talk about a trademark. They filed a trademark for Def Rebel. What I think in the world is, is this? I think this is something to do with Elias. Huh. I didn't think about that. Because there's nothing else in the world that makes sense. Unless it's Boogs. Elias or Boogs. Because it's all we got. I honestly have absolutely no idea. This doesn't strike me as a pay-per-view name. It doesn't strike me as like... I mean, I remember like when the trademark happened with No Way Jose, and it was like, well, that can't they can't possibly name somebody No Way Jose. <laughs> so maybe they are going to name somebody Deaf Rebel. I don't he's know. The, he's the Deaf Rebel Rick Boogs. <laughs> maybe that's it. I want to know your random thoughts, your suggestions. What is Deaf Rebel? Drop a comment below. Tell us what you think that that might end up being. Uh, let's move over to, uh, well, I talked about fanboys for a second and one of the things that's on fanboys anonymous is obviously things on the superhero spectrum and one of those ties into this it's kind of a hybrid story uh ruby rose had been playing batwoman in the batwoman cw tv series and after one season she's no longer going to be batwoman she's leaving the show and they haven't specified why yet uh so some indication that maybe it's because of the injuries that she had suffered before but then there's some other things that are saying it's not entirely the case maybe it's not even 100 percent her choice so there's possibility that maybe there was like some behind the scenes issues maybe she wasn't the best person to get around with uh, get along with i should say and the show is not being canceled the show's keeping everything the way that it is except they're just recasting you know the main principal the character. Main character. Uh, it seems like they are specifically going for another member of the LGBTQ community because that, if you don't know, Batwoman's character is essentially just, well, what if we had a Batman character and it was a lesbian uh, woman instead of Batman? Because there's no really much other than that. So if they were to cast somebody who wasn't, then it'd be like a big rock war kind of thing. But the reason why we're talking about this here is since they haven't decided on who is going to replace Ruby Rose yet, people are tossing out their names and suggestions and stuff. And Sonya Deville is harping on that. She wants to be cast as cat, uh, Catwoman, a Batwoman. I obviously do not see this happening at all. <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, I, I mean, Sonya does not have like serious acting experience and it just sort of seems like it would be like stunt casting in some ways. 
but at least she got her name in the mix and people are talking about it a little bit here and there. I've seen some websites report that that wouldn't normally be talking about wrestling and stuff, for instance. I'd be more than okay with Sonya trying to take up this role. Well, because have you watched the show? I have not watched the show, but I stopped not... watching all of the CW shows. So it's not a matter of me being like, oh, I'm not going to watch the show because it's Batwoman or I hate. The Batwoman well, character. Why'd you, stop, is. why'd you stop watching the CW shows? I stopped watching Arrow when they killed off Laurel. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. But that's like three seasons old or something like that. Because I realized at that point that they were full on with the Olicity stuff and that they just, the whole show was just hijacked by that whole romance. I stopped watching Legends of Tomorrow when they did the thing with the giant uh, Furby thing. Because I hadn't really loved that show to begin with, because I'm not a fan of like Doctor Who, for instance. I don't like camp for the sake of camp. I don't find shows fun when they're just like, how about this one's a musical episode? And how about this one? They're in the Wild West. And how about this one? Like, that's not my thing. So Legends of Tomorrow was already kind of never good to me to begin with. And then once they had like the big bad of the whole season got beaten up by a big Furby. I was just like, all right, that's it. I'm done with that. And with the flash, I honestly don't remember what it was that I had stopped watching. It was in the season where they were dealing with um their daughter from the future. And I just like, I guess I missed like three weeks. And then I just, one of those things like, uh, you, uh, you realized by not watching it, that it wasn't like, must see tv for you so you just sort of quietly moved on yeah like i had missed like two or three weeks or something i think and then i was like well i'll get around to it and then i realized like another week went by and then another week went by and i'm like oh i got like five or six episodes now to catch up on and i i don't miss it and i was just like well i don't need to watch it anymore then so, i watched one episode of supergirl and i was like this no not for me <laughs> so this show was largely regarded as not good in the acting department. Not surprised. So I I don't know. I'm down for this, but also like do you throw out the whole first season? Let's say somebody else comes on. Let's for argument's sake because we're talking about it, let's say Sonia Deville, Dario Baronado gets cast as cat uh Batwoman and it's a great show. You still got to throw out the first season. <laughs> like, the first season then becomes null and void. So I don't know if the show can survive this. I would assume that they're just going to treat it as, like, well, it's the same continuity and it's the same whatever, but now they just look different. Just move on and deal with it. The role of Batwoman is now played by. Yeah. Blank. Batwoman is now uh, filmed in front of a live studio audience. Like, that kind of thing. Uh, everywhere you <laughs> but i don't think that um sonya is going to be cast in this role but i do think that if she gets enough attention that she might end up getting some kind of a guest role on the show like if the producers and everybody like greg berlanti and everybody who's involved if they've heard of sonya deville because of this they might go hey there's a um you know member of the wrestling community who they've worked with uh wrestlers before on like smallville and stuff like ashley massaro was on one batista was on one uh cody was on arrow before so 
like they do like the wrestling community and then you throw in the LGBTQ community on top of that there's good crossover appeal when it comes to putting Sonya in there but not as Batwoman she would end up playing some villain on an episode I would I'm hopeful because Sonya's been doing great work and I, I just want to see her succeed. But also, if she does this, and it's great, she gets away from wrestling. And damn it, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, like... Given a choice between she goes and gets cast as the lead on a show that I don't watch, or she wins the championship from Sasha in the future, like, I'd rather she win the championship, you know? Yeah. It's just an interesting thing. Like, she's trying to become the new Batwoman, and... I don't think it's going to happen, but hey, it's a talking point. You know, if people that are a fan of uh, the wrestling side of things and on the Batwoman side of things, what do you think? You know, you think she'd be a good Batwoman? I don't know. You want us to watch Batwoman? There's the Patreon. Yeah, there you go. Patreon. Do that for uh, for fanboys. And then if Sonya gets cast on there, we'll do it for both, kind of, oddly enough. Uh, eh, it's just one of those oddball stories. Um You'd have a couple more hot tags to talk about here. Let's move on to uh, AEW heels. There was this announcement. Uh, first, people were under this assumption that AEW was starting a shoe line, <laughs> which no, it's not would have been amazing. But you know, like they're not even around a year. Oh, we have uh, global TV and a shoe line, right? But it's not the case. Uh, they really haven't. 100% specified what it is. So I'll fill you in. This, they did their first Zoom party tonight. It's literally... I don't know if it's going to be for every pay-per-view. It sounds like it's for every pay-per-view. But it's a gathering of the women in AEW and the female wrestling fans. And it's a way to, you know, just socialize. But it's just for... The female community like uh for evolution they did um the bella army barbecue so it's like that but it's like a more of a community based thing and from what i understand the first zoom call was pretty great uh brandy said like her inspirations are viola davis her mother and sensational sherry uh so it was like just a lot of it's women empowerment so we have, like, no horse in this race, but it's cool to see. Obviously, I did not join the Zoom call. Uh, yeah, you know. that that's what Caroline is here for. You should... <laughs> but, hey, it's, you know, it's something for somebody, so I, I, I lose nothing. Ray out of Phoenix this. Like, is out of the casino ladder match. Is that breaking now? Janela takes his place. Huh. Oh, there's another thing that has to change. Uh... Well, very quickly, uh, rounding out the thoughts about AEW heels, um, the name's kind of funny. Uh, I don't dislike that at all. I like my puns and stuff. And if you think that this is a horrible idea, I don't really know what you're being hurt from. Like, it's not like it's just like taking anything away. Uh, good for a certain community. Like, that's fine. Yeah, breaking news. Let's go along with that. We needed to do some updates here. Um, AEW Double or Nothing is coming up tomorrow night. We're obviously going to do the pay-per-view coverage, and then we're going to do the post-show. And we talked about our predictions already, but 
Uh, those predictions have to change a little bit in some capacities because Dr. Britt Baker is out of her match. And now what a Ray nasty Phoenix. injury. And uh, there's a possibility it wasn't Matt Jackson. It was Matt Jackson got a little banged up, but he sounds fine. So Phoenix being out of the casino ladder match, I don't think changes anything. I really had him as like not an option to win. Dude, did you see him fucking wipe himself out? Oh, Dynamite, yeah. Yeah, ow, man. Like, stop. Stop doing these things. <laughs> Do you know like, how long he's supposed to be out for? They, they they specified with this one that he's not supposed to miss a significant amount of time. So that's uh, good. Uh, tomorrow, different story. But he'll miss tomorrow. And Baker may be out for quite a while. They wouldn't address her status, so it doesn't look good. Now, there's also another update to the card, which we were talking about the idea of them adding a match, and they did. Sean Spears had a little news segment, and that led to him challenging Dustin Rhodes to a match. This was dumb, because he goes, Dustin retired, and I agree with that. Oh, by the way, fight me, bitch. Like, what the fuck? What was this? And immediately afterward, it's like, well, we just happen to have a graphic. And JR called attention to it, though. Um, He's like, oh, yeah, well, let's just book it. Why the hell? Why not? Let's just book it now. Like, uh, but also, it should be a fine match, you know? Shouldn't offend anybody. Hopefully Spears wins. And it's just to boost him up a little bit so that way he can fight Cody for the TNT championship down the line. Yeah. Sucks about Baker. She's being replaced by Penelope Ford. Sucks about Phoenix, obviously. Uh, He's being replaced by Janela, so that makes sense. Shitty for Phoenix, good for Janela. Yeah. Still don't know why he wasn't necessarily in the match to begin with. But... Those are, I think, the only changes that they've made. Thus far. Yeah, tomorrow could be completely different. I don't know. We'll wake up tomorrow. Cody's out. Uh, Double or nothing's been changed to triple or nothing. Everybody's out. The AEW, off. Uh, yeah, AEW bust is what it is. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's go to another set of hot tags here. Um, another set. Another topic, I should say. Um, Undertaker. The Last Ride. Chapter 2. Redemption. This was another great addition in this series. The one and only note that I wrote down, though, was pretty cool that when he was going under for his surgery, they were playing his theme. Yeah. It's kind of badass. You know, the idea of like, all right, well, I'm playing this undead character or whatever in this funeral march type thing, and you're going to do that for when I pass out and I'll wake up and I'll be, (laughs) you know, like, it's kind of cool. But I really like this a lot. I've been liking both these episodes quite a bit. I'm assuming that I'm just going to like the whole rest of the series. And I saw episode three. Tony, there is a promo outtake from Undertaker and Kane cutting a promo on DX that is so funny that I promise you will fall over laughing. <laughs> on top of that, Episode 3 is tremendous. It talks about... He talks about wanting to go 45 minutes with John. Like, he really wanted a long match with John. He starts talking about 
kind of being upset that he can't bring it upon himself to retire. He can't have he hasn't had that special moment yet. He can't bring himself to go away. It's a good episode. It's it, this the series is why I bought the network six years ago and good on them for finally doing good things with the network. Big fan. Can't uh say see it enough. And I'm assuming that that's going to continue going forward with like every other future episode of this, uh, every chapter, I mean, every chapter has only been two so far, but both chapters so far have been great. And the undertaker is my favorite character. Like, I mean, diving into his career is just awesome. So I know that some people are kind of like, uh, kind of complaining a little bit now that they can see that he's got some like the don't tread on me and stuff. I think it's kind of funny. If you didn't fucking know that right. the Undertaker was a, was a big hoss of a white man from Texas, I got bad news for you. <laughs> it doesn't change my opinion about the Undertaker still. No, uh, like that's I disagree with a lot of those kind of things. He doesn't seem like he's an asshole about it. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's I mean, even the uh, breaking the immersion of him being Mark more is still just like well we know that's, that that's know. been uh that's been rough for me though <laughs> like it, it just is like he talked about chad gaspard and he's just like yeah you know it's it's a shame and what a great man and we're praying for him and i'm like what <laughs> like you know you like, can't pray you're the undertaker <laughs> you're the undertaker like you know pray ah uh, but you know all it's a good show, and I'm having a good time. I don't know if maybe they switch somebody around with these documentaries and stuff, but they have been a hell of a lot better lately, haven't they? It's got to be all Jeremy Borash. <laughs> maybe that's the case. I don't know. Whoever is responsible. If I was wearing a hat right now, I would tip it to you, good sir or madam. Uh, I think we checked off all the hot tags except for the TV talk. All right, let's talk sure. some TV. So, uh, you know, there's like flat screens. There's. <laughs> When's the last time you used a good old box TV, a good old CRT? At least four years ago. Hmm. Yeah, it's been a while for me. Well, well much more than four years. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> Every so often, though, I'll still see one on the side of the road. You know what, though? I, I do feel like. Wow, man, this thing was like an actual box. Like, usually, would like knock on the screen of this thing. It was a box. Like, I look at them now, and they're just they're just getting flatter and flatter, and you can bend them now. And technology, man. <laughs> All right, there's your TV talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about Raw, NXT, and um, SmackDown. Uh, Monday Night Raw had the edge uh promo where he's accepting the challenge from randy orton to have the greatest wrestling match ever which now apparently Bro, is just why the title of tagline backlash. for backlash <laughs> yeah i don't quite understand that at all that's just they're advertising this is the greatest thing ever and the song that they have is just sort of like this is the best this is great you like this it's sort of like what the fuck <laughs> we have stumbled upon just the weirdest fucking timeline it so is. Somebody took a weird 
step in the wrong direction when they went in a black hole in <laughs> Interstellar or something, and we ended up in this friggin' dimension. But uh, that moved over to uh, Seth Rollins talking to Buddy Murphy, talking about how the Rey Mysterio stuff was unfortunate, but it had to happen. And uh, they set up a thing with Murphy against Umberto Carrillo, despite the fact that Murphy also had a match later on against Aleister Black, which I thought was kind yeah, of like, interesting. Rollins is just like, here, fuck you, Murphy. You're fighting twice. And that kind of came into, uh, well, well, we'll backtrack to this whole thing. But so Liv Morgan cut a little promo. Her mom's her hero. Blah, whatever. Hey, 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 hey. Do you think Liv Morgan is going to be champion? <laughs> <laughs> She's more determined now than ever to win the championship at the very least. It's weird to me. Like, your promo is, I lost to Charlotte, which makes me want to win the title more. It's just dumb. I lost to Charlotte. She's going to... She's going to eventually beat Charlotte for something. This whole thing keeps going back to Charlotte. I feel like she's going to beat Charlotte. Surprise, surprise. Uh, like Charlotte will be on NXT and she won't be able to fight her at the end. That's that kind well, of thing. Charlotte, the place now, though, Charlotte's so, yeah. just doing everything. Charlotte is wrestling right now. Well, Charlotte came out after that and basically just said, like, hey, if you didn't know, if we didn't mention it 1,600 times already, we're fighting uh, uh, that she's fighting Bailey on SmackDown and said Ruby Riot wants to say something. Riot came out and then lost by submission to Charlotte. Just kind of just like push her aside you know whatever yeah Ruby Riot deserves better they set up a whole thing with um Kyrie Sane had a celebration for Asuka Nia Jax yeah. interrupted she's playing her theme song on the flute that's awesome yeah There's I don't know why flute. that's her new gimmick but it's a little, <laughs> a little whatever funny um <laughs> they fought with uh with uh Jax yeah, a little yeah. bit Jax later on backstage attacked Kyrie Sane, and then Asuka attacked Nia Jax in return, which, remember how I was saying, I'm pretty sure that they're going to go with Nia Jax instead of uh, Shayna yeah, Baszler's yeah. challenger? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. I'm just going to pat myself on the back with that one a little bit. <laughs> uh, let me throw you a curveball, because on Monday, it will be Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and who? Charlotte Flair. Let me tell you something, sir. As long as the queen is in the match... You don't doubt Charlotte Flair. Charlotte will defend the NXT Women's Championship on June 7th at In Your House and then go to Backlash and win the Raw Women's <laughs> Championship because she's Charlotte fucking Flair. That might end up happening. <laughs> um, Bobby Lashley beat R-Truth. Uh, Alexa and Nikki Cross uh, won their match against the Iconics by DQ because uh, Peyton Royce got disqualified. And then... Later on, Billy Kay slapped Peyton Royce. And then immediately cried. I'm sorry about it. Yeah, and then they... It seems like maybe a little bit of tension, maybe not. My favorite thing about that was, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe I did it either. And they're just crying, like... Yeah. Ah. If they really brought them back just to separate them, fuck the women's tag titles. Like, right. break the Iconics. Don't even have tag titles. Like... We like get it. He said, you know, what's the likelihood that people, when they split up from these tag teams and getting pushes both on the equal playing field, it doesn't happen. So it's not like right. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are going to get suddenly the Raw and SmackDown women's titles or something. Um, Shayna Baszler beat Natalia by uh, submission again, and Natalia flipped out again. 
So yeah, what I do still it? feel like Natty is that transition feud for Shayna in the meantime. What do you think that is for Natalia? God knows. I mean, they gave her the farting gimmick before. <laughs> they they had her with a uh, great collie. Like they they don't know what to do with Natty. How the fuck? She's just a wrestler. Like I I don't want to draw back to the shitty on heart thing, but like. This was part of the problem. How do you not know what to do with a good wrestler whose last name is Hart? Right. What do you... So that's her gimmick now. She acts like a little brat after she loses. I hope she goes stir crazy and starts bringing her cats to television. And not even like to wrestle, just to be in the crowd. Yeah, just just the cats. Sit in the crowd with the cats. Like... Uh, so she ruined the set for the KO show. The KO show eventually ended up happening. Uh, Andrade, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and Zelina Vega. Kevin Owens kind of poking and prodding a little bit. He brought out Apollo Cruz, who went after Andrade. And um, I think they're having another match next week or so, right, for the U.S. title. Something close yes. to that. Apollo will be challenging once again for the cruiserweight. After the cruiserweight, sorry, for the uh, United States Championship. So Cruz and Owens beat Andrade and Angel Garza, and in part that was because uh, Austin Theory accidentally hit Garza, and afterward they excommunicated him from the group, they beat the shit out of him, and he stayed ringside, kind of like what Murphy did, which led into the next match, which was Black against Murphy, and Murphy lost by DQ because Seth Rollins instructed Austin Theory to attack Aleister Black and join the group. So. Are you getting the feeling that they're kind of making this idea of like Rollins keeps in uh, putting Murphy into these situations of like, I volunteered you for a double match tonight and stuff so that theory can be like the new golden child. Maybe, but I also just think this is a better fit for theory. Yeah. The being the sole white guy in the uh, Hispanic group, you know, they didn't hide that well that like they weren't feeling him. So this is better. Are we uh gonna start getting into nineteen ninety eight gang warfare type of Oh, I here? hope so. Because <laughs> we got MVP's uh, building a stable, Zelina Vega's building a stable or already has one. Rollins, Seth Rollins has, has one. his stable, like I hope so. I, I like the gang warfare, it's good shit. Yeah, there was some fun things about there, even though some of it was god awful garbage, you know. I mean, I mean some was... of it's wildly racist, you know. Here's yeah. <laughs> it pretty much was like here's uh here's, here's the, the black Hispanic group, group. Here's, here's the, the black group, group. <laughs> here's the skinheads, like that kind of thing. It was just sort of like Yeah, I hope that they don't go down that direction hundred <laughs> percent. Like But faction warfare, faction warfare is like fun, you know. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Viking Raiders beat the Street Profits in an axe-throwing competition. I thought this was fun. Yeah, it was kind of fun. It was a harmless entertainment. And uh, Drew McIntyre beat King Corbin in that brand-to-brand international or uh, invitational uh, four times a year, whatever nonsense, wild-card rule bullshit. And it's uh, McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley at Backlash. Makes sense. Uh, I love the match. And I like Lashley with MVP. We didn't talk about Lana's horrible Iraq thing again. Ugh, we don't need to. It's awful. Uh, yeah, but Raw was good. 
Uh, NXT side of things, Karrion Cross beat Liam Gray and Tommaso Ciampa came out and they are going to have a match at TakeOver in your house. Kind of assuming that that's the main event. Nope, because they refuse to let the Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole thing go. So next week, Cole will be meeting with Regal in a face-to-face and I think it has to do with that's right. Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, it's going to be one of the main I, events. I say ladder match or cage match. For Dream and Cole. I would say probably not Cage because we are going to get a Cage match next week. And that's uh, Timothy Thatcher. No, no, Thatcher. we're going to get a Cage fight. That... <laughs> that's a difference, right? Difference. Thatcher uh, said that he wants another match with Matt Riddle and he can uh, pick where, uh, like the location that it happens, but he wants to make sure there's no pinfalls. You can only win by knockout or tap out. And Riddle said, well, the location, Cage. So that's happening. That could be fun. Why uh, isn't that being saved for your house? Yeah, I don't know. Any, anybody? Anybody? Like, We're getting Gargano and Keith Lee, it seems. That was in part because Mia Yim beat Santana Garrett. And then uh, afterward, they had a whole thing with Gargano and Candice LeRae. And then Keith Lee came out and made the save. That kind of thing. Keith Lee said, I'm expecting that this is just going to happen. Like a takeover or whatever. So we're going to get Lee versus Gargano and maybe Yim versus Candice LeRae. Maybe it's going to be a mixed tag or something like that. I don't know, but um, I'm assuming we're not getting a tag team title match and they're doing something with this whole Dexter Loomis being with Velveteen Dream thing. I don't know if that's going to pay off for TakeOver, but they had Roderick Strong beat Dexter Loomis, and they really helped out Loomis afterward because he just went straight into locking his submission on uh, Strong. And uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish tried to pry him off, and Velveteen Dream kind of evened the odds a little bit, and they had Loomis just cradling Roderick Strong's head. I thought this was a fun little segment. Yeah, I thought this was great. I'm a little iffy on Loomis. You know? He's, I, he doesn't strike me as a baby face, but maybe they have too many creepy heels. It's different. Plus, his theme is like the Stranger Things theme. And it's like, yeah, how, how can you boom? Yeah. Uh, Phantasma beat Akira Tozawa in the NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament. And later on, Akira Tozawa was attacked backstage in the parking lot with uh, the two masked men and then Phantasma ran them off. So they're going after Tozawa as well. These two guys are just going after like everybody, I guess. Well, keep talking about the tournament. I'll fill you in my thoughts after we talk about the other big thing. Well, they had a uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch beat ever rise later on. They did the exact same thing on a uh, two five live. Like uh, they both, beat them by submission you know both matches but we had the other tournament match which was drake maverick beating kushida which means that they're gonna have a triple threat next week kushida versus drake maverick versus jake atlas and the winner of that's gonna fight phantasma probably at takeover for the interim championship so let's talk about your final four here tony you've got alijo de phantasma who is clearly the leader of these fucking goons. You've got Jake Atlas, who can make history by being the first openly gay champion in WWE. You've got 
Drake Maverick, who was fired. And then you have Kushida, who should have been champion already because he was the king of the juniors in New Japan. Who do you go with? I still hope it's Maverick. Me too. I don't but think it's going to be, but... Jake uh, Atlas is tempting. Phantasma is tempting. I think Maverick gets to the finals, but gets beaten down by the Goon Squad. It's weird because the we don't know how long this interim championship is going to go. And... You would think that they would go with a babyface to be able to fight Devlin down the line, but Devlin won the title in a match that originally the champion was Garza, who was a heel. So they could pretty much do anything. But we might find out next week. I don't know. And uh, Damian Priest challenged Finn Balor to a match at TakeOver, which would be kind of fun. And uh, Io Shirai and uh, Rhea Ripley fought to, I guess, a no contest because Charlotte Flair interfered and attacked both of them, which now that means that we're getting a triple threat at TakeOver. We, we are getting a triple threat. It was confirmed. Yeah. So, uh, makes sense. In your house, Tony. Where Where is Todd Pettengill to announce these matches? He's uh, hopefully getting prepared with Doc Hendricks, like we had said before. I, I really... I will pay... Good money. I'd pay double or nothing money for, for that pre-show alone. <laughs> um, yeah, NXT was fine. Yeah, it's a good show. Uh, SmackDown, I honestly wasn't really feeling a whole lot. Um, very quickly, this is the breakdown. I'm just going to speed through it, and then we can talk about any talking points. Miss TV leads to Braun Strowman beating The Miz, and then John Morrison's like, hey, you want to have a handicap match for the title of Backlash? And Braun's like, okay. And so that's happening. They're going to just. How odd is that? It's just filler. You think the Fiend shows. Strowman wins. Fiend shows up. Yep. We're getting Fiend. Why? We're getting Fiend Strowman in what I assume will be a cinematic match at the Extreme Rules. I'm kind of picturing Fiend, Strowman, Extreme Rules, and then even possibly a rematch again at SummerSlam. But yeah. This whole handicap match is just a stall. It's just to stretch it out a little bit. And Good for Miz. I mean, this is Miz's first WWE Championship match in how long? Well, Universal title. He fought for uh, against... Um, Oh, wait, no, that was a non-title. It was a non-title match. That's so stupid. Um, AJ Styles, who is now apparently on the SmackDown roster, which I don't quite understand, is um, advancing in the tournament for the Intercontinental Championship. He beat Shinsuke Nakamura. And what, Jeff Hardy beat... what, do, what did you understand? He was traded for a superstar to be named later. I don't get why they would move him away from Edge and Drew McIntyre. Because SmackDown needs people, Tony. They don't have Roman. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of strange. They know they're not going to have Roman for a while. That's why. Maybe that's the case, yeah. So I guess we're getting Styles versus Roman somewhere down the line. We're and... getting Styles. I, I think it's going to be AJ, Daniel Bryan, in the title picture, in the IC title picture for a while. Me too. Uh, we're getting Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan. Next, though, because Jeff Hardy beat Sheamus. 
So I still think that the Sheamus and a Jeff Hardy thing is continuing. Uh, Ziggler and Sonya Deville beat Otis and Mandy Rose. Bailey beat Charlotte. That's about it. Kind of like, despite the fact that we had two tournament matches and we got to set up for a handicap match at a championship uh, for the championship at Backlash, kind of uneventful, I think. I thought it was good. Uh, Bailey won without Sasha Banks. They keep playing up the will they won't they. I know you hate that. I know you just want that to stop. But I liked it. And Charlotte Flair is on every show, which is fine from an in-ring standpoint. Annoying from a not in-ring standpoint. And what do you do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. Just tell you that that's the end of the hot tags. <laughs> wow. So, um... Hopefully what, you are, <laughs> hopefully what you are doing right now is leaving your comments below and, uh, you know, kind of continuing. That's not the vigorous typing you hear. I have to report about this very developable. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no other real topics for me to really talk about. If we missed anything, obviously drop a comment below. Ask us about our opinions about that kind of stuff. We'll try to leave a comment in response. And Don't do like the 2006 movie acceptance and ask us about our wiener. That is not. That was 2006. Uh, Odd uh, reference to pull him. <laughs> I don't know. You said ask us, and I just thought, ask me about my winner. <laughs> Not every day that somebody goes, hey, remember acceptance? <laughs> well, today is that day, right? Yeah, today's what, you know, there's always a, an exception that proves the rule, right? That's so, right. So, uh, hot tags, 442 in the bag, other than the idea that uh, we got to knock out some plugs here. Uh, I did most of mine, so go ahead with yours. Uh, Dude Felice on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check out WrestleZone.com. You can check out Fightful.com. I'll be on Fightful for Double or Nothing. And then I'll be here with Tony and Callum. And we'll have a good time. Hopefully we will. Tomorrow night, that's happening. Or today, probably when you're listening to this, because it's already 11.50, so technically speaking, this isn't going to be up until Saturday anyway. But, uh, yeah, check out the coverage on the website. Check out the future articles I'll be writing about these kind of things. And check out the post show that's happening after that. And next week, we're going to get into whatever it is that we're going to get into. It's either going to be a tier list of ranking the WWE roster, or it's going to be a revisiting of the first In Your House event through some kind of a fan tracks or something like All that. All right, listen, they really want the tier list. You know I want to watch this In Your House event. <laughs> I'm thinking we should make that a dark cast. If we don't do it, we should make it a dark cast. Maybe. I haven't quite decided yet. It kind of depends on how scheduling goes and stuff, too. Or maybe we just do both. This is our one and only chance to talk about Mabel. (laughs) It's not our one and only, but I mean, it is Mabel, so it's very enticing. We've been waiting for this moment. This is it. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Obviously, if you are subscribed to the channel, you follow the Facebook, the Twitter, it's Markup Moment. You check out the website, all that stuff. When everything goes up, it goes up in the same fashion. So you'll be aware of when it gets posted. And then uh, hopefully you'll check it out. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode as well. So hit the like button if you did. Sorry for all the sad feelings in the beginning. Oh, wait, hold on. One one more. One more because we forgot this thing. I know it's... Ric Flair signed a new contract, so for anybody hoping to see Ric Flair challenge John Moxley for the AEW title, not gonna happen. He <laughs> signed a contract. Roll him out for the casino ladder match. <laughs> That's right. You know, he says he'll be with WWE forever. Yeah, 
So that's good. Um, yeah, that's it. That's hot tags. We'll see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another smart cow moment, and we're being counted out.